0: I left New York to pursue directing full-time. I already had a great job. I was making six figures, a good six-figure salary. I was like, I can just do this and be good. But I was like, nope, I really want to follow my dreams and my goals, and I'm just going to do it. So I just feel like being a Caribbean woman, (laughs) you know, descendants of African slaves at that, I'm not afraid to cross the water. (laughs)
1: How that skin glows? She's a true diamond. With the world at her back, she still smiling What up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to That's It, That's All. Y'all know who I am. My name is Casey Carnage. And today we're going to do a little something different. Usually I have a panel or I'm doing an artist spotlight. But today I think that I want to showcase one of a a person that I think is a tastemaker. She's definitely moving strides in her field of work. And she's just a phenomenal person. We got Miss Candice Vernon here. Hey, Candice.
0: Hi. Thank you for having
1: me. You're welcome. (laughs) And not only is she a phenomenal woman, but, you know, she's an award-winning writer, director, and a philanthropist. Um, She's Jamaica-born. She was raised here in the U.S. and in Germany. And her career took off with a short film called Make America Great with a question mark. So we're going to get into that because I was wondering why it was a question mark after that. Some of her work consists of partnerships with NBA 2K, Vaseline, Sveka Vaca, and many other big-name projects. But you know what? I'll let her tell her story because that's what she's here for. So, what up, Candice? Hello, hello, hello. How's your day going?
0: My day's going pretty good. It seems like um, there's never enough time in the day. But, right? But somebody always but so, here.
1: Somebody to, um, always told me that everybody gets the same 24 hours. So, yeah. whatever you do with that 24 hours is really up to you. I wish we had 25, though. Right? Just one more hour. Just one more hour. All right. Well, let's just jump right into it. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey into becoming like a director or filmmaker. Is that something that you... Have have always wanted to do or something you kind of fell into
0: you know you're gonna learn a lot about me today um, I don't know I feel like it was destined for me to to do what I'm doing um, I don't have anyone in my family that's a creative or anyone that works in any type of creative capacity whatsoever I don't know I was like this little kid in Jamaica that my mom named me after Candace Bergen the actress. And she gave me my middle name based on the character's name. And she was just, you know, like, in Jamaica watching this show and just decided to name me completely after this woman in this fictional character. And I feel like that had something to do with me doing what I'm doing now, not even knowing that going into it, because I had no idea what I was going to do as a kid. You know, I thought I was going to actually work in, like, medicine and, like, deliver babies or, like, work with babies and this creative bone just hit me and I just couldn't do anything but that ever since I think junior high school I was like writing and just doing stuff some of my writings got put in books um, and I just knew I wanted to do something creative and tell stories and you know sometimes tell silly stories
1: okay okay (laughs) I mean when I was reading your bio saying that you had a big niche in like comedic writing and and it was funny for me to read because when you and I first met I didn't take you for a comedic (laughs) writer but then when we were out and about I think for my birthday one year I was like oh this is this is her personality (laughs) for real like this is what, and I saw the silliness that you had now when when you said that you started young How did your first project come about? Like, how did you get in front of somebody? How did you, like, get on the map? Oh, man.
0: Let me see. I mean, I feel like every time I did something, it's because I paid for it. It's like I had to pay for my own project, my short films, my whatever it is. It's like, you know, getting your reel together. So I did that and just, like, showed it to a lot of people. You know, like, when I was first in New York, the first thing I did was... I convinced some people to give me $10,000 each, you know, and I had $20,000. I don't even know how I did it, but it was just the grace of God. They were like, oh, we believe in you. We believe in this
1: little script
0: that you wrote. It's never going to give us any money. But here's 10 racks. Here's 10 racks. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can go play. <laughs> don't you love friend,
1: friends with money? Hey, friends. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Exactly. You know that they, it's it's a write off for them. But right. anyway, it was it was very nice for me. And I just used that, and I was working as a PA on Law & Order, and I was just showing everybody that thing when I finished the film and when I moved here because I I, um, I transitioned from producing commercials to, like, more directing, well, 100% directing. And um, it's like I had to have a calling card again, so I had to do another film to, like, all right, be like... This is what I'm doing now. Take me seriously, because this is all I'm gonna be doing is directing. I'm not doing anything else, but this is it. It's just being relentless and persistent. And it just takes one or a couple of people to be like, I'm rocking with you, and you know, that's it. Believing in yourself, putting your money, your everything behind your words and who you say you are, you just you got to do that if you believe in yourself. And so it starts with just believing in yourself and that everything else is going to come.
1: No, I totally agree. I mean, like we, you know, as artists, we and creatives, we kind of hit our head against the wall. Like, I want to make it. I want to make it. I want to do stuff. I want to do stuff. And then sometimes it really takes a tribe. So it's nice to know. And it's also like a, I would say like a pat on your back. Like some, there's, a, there's a form of gratification where you have been visioning this you know visioning visioning and someone else sees your vision Mm -hmm. it's it's one of the best feelings in the world I think because sometimes you do need that extra hand it's always like these pieces to a puzzle and until you can get these pieces and form that outline and then that one piece that you've been missing comes out of nowhere and it just falls right in the middle of the puzzle it's it's an amazing feeling so I totally agree with that so you are a Caribbean woman Mm -hmm. How have you navigated in America? When did you move to the U.S.? Well, I moved to the U.S. um, for good when I was about nine years
0: old. I just feel like I was all over the place as a kid. You know, um, my parents left me in Jamaica for a little bit uh, when they moved to America. And my dad went into the Army. My mom came here to work. So that's how I ended up in Germany because... He got shipped away to Germany. So then I went to kindergarten in Germany, and then it was too cold. My mom was like, "Nope." I did it for a year. I went back to Jamaica, and then finally at nine, I was reunited with my parents in Washington D.C. Um, so all of that moving around and being from a different country, it's always given me like this attitude of, of fearlessness to just move around and like go anywhere and do anything because I did so much of that as a kid. And that's kind of like all that I knew what shaped me for, you know, like what life can be like. Cause people are always asking me like, how do you just move here? How you just <clears throat> do this? I mean, I left New York to pursue directing full time When I was already, I already had a great job. I was making six figures, a good six-figure salary. I was like, I can just do this and be good. But I was like, nope, I really want to follow my dreams and my goals, and I'm just going to do it. So I just feel like being a Caribbean woman, (laughs) you know, descendants of African slaves at that, I'm not afraid to cross the water. (laughs)
1: Cross <laughs> hey, 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 across the water. I mean that's you know? that's definitely well put. 100%. So, how do you go about including like your your culture and your heritage in your work? I just do whatever whatever feels good
0: to me and I think like no matter what I do because it's coming from me and it's coming from my perspective, I'm always going to do something from the perspective of the skin that I stand in. So, as you should I'm always going to, you know, always going to do that and think about the world in that way for it to be inclusive um so yeah that's that's how I bring I mean even right now we're talking about how oh I gotta go away I want to go right because I'm writing a a film a feature that takes place in Jamaica with Jamaican characters and characters more that look like me you know people that moved to America and grew up here and like really having that I guess Jamaican-American experience in Jamaica So, Mm. because I don't, I mean, I haven't really seen that and I want to to show my life and I have so many friends that are, you know, nowadays there's like a bunch of Nigerian American things, but I just don't really see too much of the Caribbean American story. Mm-hmm. And so I want to tell that, bit in a comedy. Well, that's amazing
1: because I mean, we, people do need to see it. You know, representation is important, and, and until we see it, until kids see it, you know, the, you know, it takes somebody to show us what can be done and what can be achieved for us mm-hmm. to believe it can be achieved. And that is a that is an amazing thing that you're doing because you know. You know, the representation sometimes in America of black people, especially black women. Like I was talking to a friend uh, the other day like um, about um, how either they're either fighting like black women are fighting or they're being depicted as whores or they're being depicted as single mothers with no job and on welfare. And to be honest with you, that's a small percentage. Yes, that happens. And yes, you know, that's real life as well. But this percentage of that in America, it's very little compared to how much they show it so it's important for people like you people like myself who have you know things like that who can show that no it can be done there are amazing black women there are amazing black people that are doing amazing things and you can too put your mind to it stick to your <laughs> dreams <laughs> and you can make it happen um but one thing that i love 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 is that you travel to africa very often yeah um let when was your first visit and what made it, it imperative to you to go back so frequently?
0: People ask me this question all the time. I feel like I'm like Miss Miss Africa that's not African. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I grew up with a Pan-African dad. You know, he talked to me about Africa so much. And being from Jamaica, we talked about our ancestors all the time. So I grew up with like, you know, like even being Jamaican with Marcus Garvey. And Marcus Garvey is like, you know, one of the biggest Pan-Africans. Um I first went to Africa and probably maybe it was 2010 something like that. I went to South Africa for the first time and I spent 3 weeks there. Um and I was just like, "Oh, this is cool," you know, but it didn't feel like it didn't feel like home to me, you know, but South Africa also has a very brutal history of apartheid and mm-hmm. I still felt a lot of that being there. So it was weird for me to be in South Africa, but it's a very beautiful place. But then I went to Ghana in 2019, and then I just didn't stop going back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I probably go three times a year. And when I went to Ghana, I felt like I was in Jamaica. I felt like my spirit and my whole everything felt like I was like, ooh, this feels like home you know, and I know that a lot of our ancestors are from Nigeria and from Ghana, from that coast. So I just felt spiritually like this is the place to be. I partied like I never had in my life. I, you know, just met amazing people everywhere. Um, I had good food. I like spicy food and they like to serve spice on top of spice. Like you'll get spicy chicken Ooh, spicy with a spicy food. sauce mm. and a spicy everything on top of it. So it was like spice on top of spice on top of spice. I love it Um, yeah and I just kept on going back and I felt like God kept on bringing me back the second time I went back I got brought back to speak to these young girls at a soccer academy because I was I'm very vocal about things that I don't like and I was having dinner with someone and I was talking about the slave castles and The story that's being told there is not right. And I was just going on and on and on about how they need to be refurbished and torn down and to show something that is positive for various different reasons. So I got invited to speak to a school (laughs) 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 after this conversation. And then I just kept on going back. Because I know I had this vision that I was building a school and then I ended up getting land, you know, for like basically nothing. And I just kept on meeting people that kept on helping me along this journey and to tell this story in my life that I didn't even know was about
1: to be told. Yeah, I've never been. and I can't wait until I go. Definitely on the checklist within the year. So. I feel like that's amazing. But you talked about your land. So that like segues into my next question. You are a founder of um, InvestWise Africa. Um, What are your principles on that? And did that stem from you buying the land before and feeling like we need to keep buying land, buying back the land? Yeah, so
0: that stemmed from, it was a conversation I was having with, who my, who is now my business partner? We were introduced um, by a mutual friend because of an event called Africon, um, basically. And this person knew that I had land and that also I had just bought a condo um, as an investment. And so I, and I had been um, like investing in like other commodities and stuff there also. So they were like, "Oh, well, you should do this workshop with you know this guy." And then him and I through meeting and preparing for the workshop was like oh I like what you got going on in Rwanda you got all this stuff going on Rwanda's about to be the next place because I do a lot of research and data um, especially with the IMF and just all of the um, you know like monetary services and, uh, and companies out there and long story short he was like oh well, you're doing something in Ghana I'm like you're doing something in Rwanda we can help each other and teach each other and it just made sense that we want to make it easy for diasporans and people that look like us that aren't African, you know, that black American, you know, from the Caribbean or from the like the UK, but of African origin, that they can see how they can also invest in opportunities that I believe will build them, you know, like wealth and just like, you know, just look outside of your immediate, you know, circle, because there's so many opportunities out there. And I think that it's so beautiful for black people to contribute to building, you know, back. Africa
1: right right do you smile yourself like do you see yourself like living there permanently um I
0: don't think I'm gonna live anywhere permanently
1: okay women of the world
0: i <laughs> I think I definitely want to have some of my goals I have my home in LA my home in Jamaica I already have land there you know and I got I want to build like a actual like beach house in Ghana but now I have my condo there and then I'm, I think maybe Atlanta okay okay no new york no dc
1: no you know my family's in dc so i'm just gonna go check them i I, I don't need to live there someone asked me the other day they was like where do you stay when you're in dc i was like nowhere my aunt's house my cousin's house (laughs) i go to my mama's house (laughs) my college friend's house (laughs) that's like asking me that's like asking me where i'm gonna stay when i go to jersey what (laughs) like so i understand that okay now I also heard from a little birdie, maybe I read it, that you were handpicked by Stevie Wonder himself <laughs> to direct the dream that still lives. And I told you I was going to go back to it because, again, I always I it always is a thought provoking thing when someone writes something and it puts a question mark behind it. So let's talk about that. Like it was the, it was about the celebration of um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that project come about and what was your favorite take from it? So
0: that actually came about after I did Make America Great with a question mark, and that was because I thought, what is the worst thing that can happen in the world if Trump became president? And I shot this thing based on that um, before he became president, and he kept on saying that he wants to make America great again. I I was like, well, what does that even mean? Because your definition of Make America Great, I feel like it makes it terrible for me. So that part, I did this drama comedy that I got written up in The Hollywood Reporter, some other publications. And yeah, so from the press on that, and I had a lot of views on that. I had people reaching out to me about a bunch of different things. And so this production company was like, hey, we have this content piece. And they remember seeing my reel like a few months before. They're like, well, you know, would you like to? to do this you know it's with stevie wonder and like you know whatever i had only had that short film Mm -hmm. you know the most recent thing make america great so people were watching that and i was like oh great i mean i'm like, like showing everybody well yeah i mean i show everybody everything right whatever i do i'm like okay this is everybody's gonna see it but i was like well i guess if stevie liked it but i don't know how did he watch it like did he listen You know, I know, (laughs) so I was always wondering because I'm just like, even when we were like doing edits and we had phone calls with him and he'd be
1: going over feedback, I'm like, I just don't really. How can I really trust his judgment? He didn't see it, but but I'm just like, I don't know, it's interesting. I'm like, I
0: it's a very interesting thing. I'm like, is does he just have someone sitting there telling him? What's going on or because he's been so used to now I'm closing my eyes like an idiot,
1: but he's just been so used to feeling everything without sight. I was like, so, you know, I mean, that's a question that that I'll never know the answer to because I'm not a blind person in America. But I do know that, you know, when one sense is gone, everything else is heightened. So. It could very well. He probably saw it in, in, in color in his visions, and maybe that's how he knew. Well, girl, either way, Stevie Wonder was like, yeah, it's you. you doing this. And so we did it. Um,
0: it was my first big thing that who knows how many hundreds of thousands of dollars it was. I was like, oh, this is like my first big thing that I'm getting hired for. I was hired to do like a little Instagram commercial, but this was like, you know, I was like, this is a lot of money, you know. So we're doing this. I'm getting a chance I got to the direct you know, <laughs> the Obamas, um, Meryl Streep, who I love, Paul McCartney saying happy birthday to me. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was nice. So I got it because of me putting money behind myself. I didn't get $20,000 this time from somebody else to do Make America Great.
1: I did that myself. I funded that And that's why she's a tastemaker because she did it herself, man. Like you can do so much when you truly believe yourself and there's always resources out there. Even if you think that they're not. One thing I know that anything worth great being done is most of the time the drive and the ambition behind it. And you have to literally bet on yourself like <laughs> literally bet on yourself I mean think about like Tyler Perry dude was living in, in the car like making scripts out of his car and now he's about to buy the world <laughs> like he's literally taking over the world piece by piece like if y'all see it I see, I see you Tyler <laughs> I see you I see you okay um, well my last question I want I, I, you know what I mean with all the goods I'm sure there's a lot of challenges and with challenges comes perseverance like um, being you know a black woman in your field which is typically a male-dominated field. How how have you navigated around that, and what have some of your challenges been, like the friction? I mean, I feel like I'm still navigating. It's it's hard, um,
0: especially not even just being a director, because I feel like for me, I'm also not just doing one genre of thing. And because I specifically do more like humor comedy that is typically like a man's, you know, everybody thinks about comedy, think about comedy male directors or even, you know, furthermore, white male directors. And even in the commercial world, there may be two black female directors that do comedy and I'm one of them, you know, that has the real of that work out there. So I ain't gonna lie, it's hard. And it's like, I always got to, stay on top of my reps matter of fact I'm looking for a new one for something right now <laughs> but yeah it's like you just gotta stay on top of people and honestly you just gotta move like that's not even a, a thing mm-hmm. because when I think about that that just I don't even want that to put me in a negative you know, thoughts mindset have power. at all and thoughts who have power. And so, and I really do believe that everything is possible and that there are endless possibilities in life for everyone if you just believe it. So while somebody over here may just be like, oh, well, you know, we're not looking for black women. It's like, okay, I, I don't care if you're not looking for black women, but you're looking for a director that can do this. And so I'm just trying to break that barrier to not be seen as like a, black female director and just be seen as a director,
1: which is fair. Well, Candace, I think we got a lot. We learned a lot about you today. Um, At the end of my show, I love to leave a message because I do feel like we have to pay it forward. Um, What would you say to your younger self or you can pitch it to, you know, the audience, all the viewers out there. Um, What would you say to them that are trying to either a break into their field or, overcoming this, you know, coming uh, overcoming these obstacles or feeling like they have a lot of doubt about what they want to do. What would you say to them?
0: Um, well, first, I would definitely say this to myself and to the audience. Um, two things, really. To always remember that, you know, like your current location doesn't determine your future destination. And that's something that I had to remind myself that it doesn't matter where you start. You have no idea where you're going to end up, but you just really, really, really have to believe in yourself. When you believe in yourself, you're going to, you know, there's no, there's no faith without works, right? So when you believe in yourself, you're going to make the steps to do that work. Even if you don't have a budget, you're going to write something. You're going to shoot it with an iPhone. You're going to do whatever you can to, to make that dream that is burning in your soul and your heart possible, And you're going to do that multiple times. You're going to do that again and again and again and again. It's not a one-time thing. So make sure that the dream is really what you want because you're going to find yourself doing that time and time again, no matter how successful you are because there's going to be something else that you need to do that's going to be new territory.
1: Thank you Candice For coming on the show And guys if you have Any questions for us Or if you have any Questions for Candice You know all her links To our or Website Will be posted Um, And join the conversation You know here We're here to build That conversation Talk about And also too Like we talked about Being that example Seeing that women Like yourself Like myself Like herself Can do exactly What you want to do And excel at it And be successful at it And build whatever You want to build and that's the real goal of anybody period whether (laughs) period at least that's one of my goals um like subscribe share do all the things send us an email if there's anything else you want to talk about or you have any follow-ups about today's episode don't hesitate to um hit us up and that's it that's that's all. all that's it that's all is written by me Casey Carnage and produced by myself and Rick Barrio Dill Associate Producer Bree Corey Assistant Producer Larissa Donahoe Audio and Video Engineering and Studio Facilities provided by Slap Studios LA with distribution through our collective for social progress and cultural expression, Slap the Network If you have any ideas for a show you want to hear or see please email us at info at and as always, go to dasitdassall.com and sign up there to make sure you will never miss a thing. See you next show.